like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk welcome to the latest episode of the just not sports podcast this is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like just not sports on today's episode we will talk to the funniest man in sports he is nfl veteran turned social media superstar Spice Adams. And we will also break down Kobe Bryant's greatest achievement in entertainment. No, not his uh, Oscar nomination this week. His rap performance with Brian McKnight in one of the most epic songs ever made and Adam's future wedding song someday, Hold Me. I'm your co-host, Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago. Also joining me, turning progressively redder shades of red with anger, is (laughs) the celebrated, respected, and feared PR professional, Adam Willard. Adam, how many Brian McKnight songs do you have uh, in your your ownership at this this point in your life? That's hard, because you still buy music. Uh, and I listen to everything, almost everything on Spotify. What now. are you, li- you, li- um, you LimeWired, Adam? Is you, you go on, on LimeWire? Is that how you get your music? <laughs> uh, I think ShareBear was the last. Napster? <laughs> Napster really doing it for you? Uh, that's a good question. I would say between 15 and 20 Brian McKnight songs in my collection. It's a lot of Brian McKnight. That is a lot of Brian McKnight. <laughs> One of my favorite Brian McKnight uh, musical moments. There was a, I don't think it was a highly publicized <laughs> show. It was called Music in High Places, and it was an MTV show that aired between ten and midnight, like on a Thursday night. And it was people like uh, to take you back. It was people like Craig David. Um, I can't remember anyone else other than Craig David. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just look it up. <laughs> Uh, so it was, they would take these artists and they would go to, uh, usually like a a South American or Caribbean country and they would explore the culture of that country. And then, oh, and boys to men and throughout the, uh, special, they would sing acoustic songs like in a setting that was relevant to that particular place. And the Brian McKnight music in high places MTV, I want to say like 97 or 98, is one of the best music specials I've ever seen. If you can find it, good luck. I would I would say it's it ranks <laughs> I would say it ranks probably number two in terms of R&B vocal performance behind Victor Oladipo's album. Would you agree with that, Adam? <laughs> I think it still is a little bit ahead of that. Like maybe Craig David is number two. <laughs> All right, also with us is seven-time Emmy winner Gareth Hughes. Gareth, uh, how many Brian McKnight songs can you name? Well, here's the funny thing about this. I have never owned a Brian McKnight song. I did own Kobe Bryant's K-O-B-E single for a long time. So I'm covered on that part of this. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. K-O-B-E. 
E I L O V E U. And now, I yeah, won't sing anymore, or I'm else we'll get kicked off uh, SoundCloud. No, look, like I that, just so. I, I I would just say it's amazing that two two really respected and and enduring musicians like Tyra Banks and Kobe found success in other areas of life like basketball <laughs> and modeling. I, you know, just just they're, they're they're dual threats. What can we say? All right. Well, not with us tonight, Joe Reed, producer extraordinaire. Ladies, stop emailing. He will he will return to the show. He's just lost in the Seattle, uh, you know, the the party city they call Seattle. It's just all coke. It's all uh, glamour. It's all red carpets. That's just that's Joe Reed now. Okay, like we just all have to have to have to deal. But in the short term, we are still here. We're going to provide you with our best effort on this show. And right now, we're going to take the open of the show and make it wide open. And we are going to focus our efforts this week. Because really, the biggest non-sports story uh, of the week and maybe of the year, meaning like the past calendar or, or you know beyond the calendar year, the past 12 months, is Kobe Bryant becoming an Oscar nominee. He's, he's now nominated for best animated short film for his, uh, animated version of dear basketball. That was the letter he wrote, I believe in the players tribune, uh, bastion of bastion of, uh, what I can only call as, 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 uh, it's like the New Yorker of, uh, literary fiction (laughs) and nonfiction, Gareth, but did did, Gareth on a scale of one to 10, how much did your butt clench when I compared players tribune to the New York, (laughs) Uh, just wait for my distraction, Brad. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's a 9.75 from the judges. Um, 9.35 from the uh, Federation of uh, Russian Athletes judges. Anyway, Kobe Bryant made a, made a, a, an animated version of his um, film, uh, of, his, of his essay, Dear Basketball, with Glenn Keane, who is a f- very famous... Uh, animator who worked for Disney, did things like Beauty and the Beast, things like that. Uh, John Williams did the score for it. And we're all fascinated by Kobe's venture into the arts. Adam and I have talked about Muse Cage and his upcoming uh, game film breakdown. Kobe's doing a lot of interesting things. What we should not overlook are all the other interesting non-basketball things that Kobe has done. Like... This Brian McKnight song, uh, Hold Me. A- Adam, I'm going to give our listeners a taste, and then I want you to come back and just tell me, what what do you love most about this collaboration? Or collab, as we say in air quotes, the biz, air quotes. Slicing, gently through my body, burn so sweet. Blood boils when you speak, yeah. makes me weak. But I refuse to weep. Yet when I sleep, I feel tears trickling down my cheek. Come on, Stay baby. strong, pride telling me move on. My heart's fighting me, forcing me to hold on. Yours forever, fell for you beyond measure. Pure as ever, amazed by sins of treasure. Well, first of all, it's a very catchy summertime song, but I think. Why summertime? Why, why summertime? Why, why summertime? Well, I think uh, getting get to what I was going to say next is I think it makes me think of summertime because of the music video. So if you <laughs> if you watch the video, and please do watch the video, 
there are several images that stand out to me. One is Brian McKnight uh, <laughs> behind what's clearly a green screen uh, on a motorcycle with the most interesting motorcycle goggles I've ever seen uh, on his way to, well, we don't know where he, what he's on his way to until later in the video. And then we see Brian McKnight singing from his motorcycle, then singing from the corner of an infinity pool wearing a tank top and yoga pants, which was definitely a quintessential 1998 look uh, when this video was made. And then we see several scenes of basketball happening, um, which appears to be on a nondescript court somewhere in LA. So I think it's just the juxtaposition of all these very uh, sunny images that makes you think like, oh, what a classic summertime song. And I think I remember buying the single um, before my freshman year in college as well, which also makes me think of summer. I watched it on YouTube and it was Brian McKnight's Vivo account. And so this <laughs> video was published uh june it the date is here it's june june 16th juneteenth of 2009 and so i as i was watching this video i thought that this came out in 2009 <laughs> no so, i could see how you i could see how you think that but no so as i'm watching it and i'm seeing this like first of all i'm like Kobe wasn't doing this in 2009, was he? <laughs> was Brian McKnight around? I was like, this video looks pretty dated for 2009. Yeah, this was mini. This was mini fro Kobe. So long oh, yeah, balls so that's I, the best. That's the best Kobe hair ever. In fact, the minute he shaved it, I felt personally betrayed. Like I don't. I wasn't even a Kobe fan, <laughs> but I, it 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 really it really did feel like the. It, you know, it, it really did feel like the first time you see Sammy Sosa and he's a white guy now, and you're like, what, what happened? <laughs> I shouldn't make that joke. You know, we don't know what the story is there. It, yeah, we do. Elephants, like yeah, elephant steroids. We know what happened there. It's okay. <laughs> That's the way Kobe with the shaved head always felt to me. And I, I wish this Kobe was still rocking this hair, but gray. That'd be great. That would be like a that's a that's George Clooney in a tux forever. That's just like priceless look. But it, as let me speak from experience, no hair is much easier. All right, so I've got a few points about this video that I really want to break down. Okay, like I I just really want to break down. Number one is this, Adam, if you're Brad McKnight, why when you have Kobe Bryant in your video, why on earth are you putting a basketball game into it? All you do is 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 show that you don't play basketball as good as he does. Well, Brian McKnight fancied himself a pretty good player. As a matter of fact, he was usually one of the stars of the Rock and Jock games. And so I think he wanted to – he had a love for basketball, took those games very seriously. And so I think he wanted to insert it. And if you notice, and you make a great point, you don't want to be shown up by Kobe – which is why Kobe never touches a basketball in the video. Of all the visuals in the video, yeah, he's Kobe is never seen. No, he's never seen playing basketball. As a matter of fact, even in the song itself, he has eight lines. His rap, eight lines. And you never do see him. There are, however, some other notable NBA players. I don't know if you noticed on court, but... Uh, and, and I don't remember how many of them were actually on court, but three other NBA players 
in this video. At least two were on court. One was Chris Mills, who most fans wouldn't remember. Derek Fisher was another player on court. And then I saw Stacy Ogman in this video wearing a goofy pimp hat. I don't know that he actually ever gets on court. Stacy Ogman's in this video? Plastic Man, yes. Uh, I will find you the second reference and send it to you, but Stacy Ogman makes an appearance. Look, you know I love everything about this, this, this video. But there are some mm-hmm. questionable moments, m- notably even more uh, unrealistic motorcycle driving than a, a 1960s James Bond film. <laughs> Gareth, <laughs> would you agree with that? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. The stunt budget on this was not probably high. more than most videos now. Kobe Kobe did not put his dear basketball money into this. I will I will say that. Right, right. I also <laughs> Adam, Kobe's hand movements during his rap at the party. Am I uh, yeah. am I a better dancer than Kobe Bryant? Like I have to add, I'm a 38-year-old <laughs> white guy in in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm from Ohio. Am I a better dancer than Kobe Bryant? He's very stiff. I think this is before he came into his own in hip-hop. A couple episodes ago, we talked about Lonzo Ball's mixtape. And I would just say Kobe, as a young man in his hip-hop career, (laughs) strikes a similar uh, resemblance to Lonzo Ball in terms of his musical fluidity. He just didn't seem comfortable on set. At that point in his career. Adam, Adam, first of all, th- at the time Kobe taped this, he was one of the most accomplished and successful athletes on earth. So he knows how to use his hands. <laughs> like, it's not like it's not like Kobe scored a lot with his feet and people were like, Well, you know, he just can't grab a ball. <laughs> like, that's just that's his that's his game. <laughs> Second, when did Kobe come into his own <laughs> as a rapper? Please, please Instruct me on that. <laughs> Brad, we've had talks about how you want more enthusiasm and positivity from me, so I'm just trying to go there. Co- Kobe never came into his own in hip-hop. I'm just trying to give the guy a little bit of credit for his effort. I'm not saying it actually ever got better. They don't teach boys how to dance in Italy. It's fine. <laughs> Shay Shea Serrano said he was the worst athlete rapper in history and Shea Serrano is a trusted voice <laughs> in this topic I disagree I think there are a lot worse um, we can have that discussion another time he does look stilted though but he, he makes up for it because I think the fashion in this in this video is awesome <laughs> Gareth hang with me here Yeah. N- late 90s fashion is peak fashion right oh yeah yeah well you've gotten grunge out of the way and yes. here you go Everybody looks like they're copying the first two seasons of Friends, but they've realized how to make clothes fit. It's just, it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> it also, like yeah. some of the motorcycle stuff, it is like The Matrix came out a week ago and they had to like course correct after they had already decided on the on the the budget and the the outfits and so they were like get him the bug eye glasses and throw those in there 
in in terms of wardrobe, I think they took the wardrobe designer from the set of Martin, and they were like, "What do you got? We have to make a video tomorrow." They probably took the set of Martin, and they were like, "We have to make a video tomorrow." <laughs> well, I did. I did wonder why most of Kobe's raps were "Damn Gina." <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Martin is making a comeback for another time. Well, look, a lot of a lot of Kobe's lyrics are pretty cliched. Um but you Oh, know, please let me. Look, he's doing his thing. I just don't understand pure as ever phased by sins of treasure. What is what is what is that? Phased by sins of treasure. Like do you think Kobe wrote that or did someone hand him that? So, hold on, let's go through them. Your okay. love's a sword. Hold on, should we do it like spoken yeah, yeah, word? Yeah, you, you do it, you like, do it. Your love's a sword, slicing <laughs> gently through my body. <laughs> Burns so sweet, blood boils when you speak. Hey, Adam, what are you doing? What are you weak. doing with your hands right now? <laughs> they're uh, they're on my phone. Is uh, is one is one moving up and one me. moving down, and then one moves up and then one moves down <laughs> like a, like your Pinocchio? Like I'm a robot. Makes me weak, but I refuse to weep. Yet when I sleep, I feel tears trickling down my cheek. Come on. Stay strong. Pride telling me to move on. My heart's fighting. Me forcing to hold on. Yours forever. Fell for you beyond measure. Pure as ever. And then there's a question mark on the lyrics that I'm seeing. You're saying that's where it's sins of treasure no pure as ever phased by sins of treasure i also i want to correct adam (laughs) you it was my heart's fighting me forcing me to hold on you read it as my heart's fighting me forcing me to hold on (laughs) 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 but you know what Mm, you know what oh me 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 no, for- I like mine better. Me forcing me to hold on is the most Kobe line ever, as he was probably the most driven athlete <laughs> we've ever seen. <laughs> like, that's a way better interpretation of that line. There needed to be a comma there. My heart's fighting me, forcing me to hold on. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I mean, look, Kobe is also one of the most, and I say this as someone with, we've, my pretensions are well documented on this podcast, but he is one of the more pretentious dudes ever, especially at the beginning of his career when everything was about like Italy and Nutella and all the languages he spoke, etc. So I a hundred percent believe he wrote that line. Oh, he wrote this whole thing. Who else would take credit for that? Yeah, yeah. look, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No ghostwriter wrote that. Kobe gets a lot of shit for his rap. And he's not the natural rapper of, say, Dana Barrows, Shaq, uh, Damian Lillard, uh, Iman Shumpert. Like, those guys have a natural flow to them. Kobe always feels like he's trying to rap. And that's fine, because Kobe's already, you know, one of the best basketball players on the planet. Like, you don't have to be the best at something else. But... I do think this is a much better Kobe than that Tyra Banks Kobe song that came out that was supposed to be like the first hit on his album. He does feel much more loose and natural in this than in the other song. Do you think he's more natural 
in this song than the co- the Tyra Banks video? Yeah, in the Tyra Banks video. Uh, in the, you know, hold on. In the Tyra Banks video, he literally leads off by saying, Italy. Ital-. He sounds like a guy doing a Mario voice saying the word Italy. Like, this seems like Kobe is figuring it out. What I live for? Basketball, beats and bras. From Italy to the U.S. Yes, it's raw. I'm in search for the one that make my wealth feel poor. Who can ignore the spotlight life for grandma? Am I done for? Have I found the ore? Should I search still? There's plenty of women with sex appear when it's filled. Can they complete the package? All I date is actresses to play it safe to them. My money ain't bait, but I must take risks to find a honey that's legit. Whether she push a bucket or six bucks with some mad chips. I'm her own or live out of do you Do you think... Do you think we'll ever hear music from Kobe anymore? Because we, we, you know, he he's done TV now creatively. He's done film with his short film. Do you think we'll ever hear one more shot at music? No, with his voice, no. I do think he'll do something musically, but I think what he's figured out as a um, a creator, if you will, as his career has progressed is uh and and as evidenced in his with his um oscar nomination is it's more about collaborating with the right people uh and funding their voice than necessarily needing to be the voice yeah he'll produce the other thing about kobe that i think is is really interesting and this came to light in the documentary he did called muse is a lot of people have accused him of not being um, a genuine guy or being very pretentious. And I think a lot of that comes from his upbringing and watching um, American culture, even as a, as an American, but watching American culture from a distance and really not experiencing it until he, uh, till his father retired from basketball and they moved to the States right before high school. So I think a lot of his... Um, especially his the way he related to black culture was seen through the lens of an Italian boy. And he's developed more of his own natural persona uh, as the years have gone on and as a man. Uh, but early on, he was just a young man trying to imitate what he thought was an urban African-American. I have nothing to say to that. I, I thought the song was a good summer jam. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to get too serious there. I just, <laughs> I just did think, yeah, all right, enough. All right, that is Wide Open. Right now, we're going to get to a very fun interview we did with Spice Adams. You know Spice as a longtime defensive player for the Chicago Bears, NFL veteran, who has really redefined his role as a social media superstar. He's one of the most hilarious people you'll ever follow on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. He's, he's essentially a Vine influencer, but who has all the credibility of, of sacking Brett Favre. <laughs> so take that, millennial kids. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's, a, it's a hilarious time. We love Spice. Uh, we hope you guys check it out. And then afterwards, we will be back with our distractions. Stick around. All right, first question for you, Spice. Uh, first of all, congrats on hitting the, the 300,000 follower mark on Instagram. When you first started, did you ever think this would get this far? 
Nah, never, man. Um, I just put some stuff out there and just kind of let everybody else be the judge. And at first, I didn't, I didn't like Instagram. I was like, it's nothing but pictures. Like, who wants to see that? Like, you got Facebook for that. Like, you can just put all your pictures and stuff up on there and let people comment or whatever. But then Instagram started doing 15 second videos as opposed to Vine, which was six seconds. So um, a lot of people started gravitating towards Instagram, and then the 15 seconds turned to a minute. And then everybody started going there, and then Vine was, like, obsolete after that. But everything social media-wise started as kind of like a dare, or like I dare you to get on and and post this, post that. Yeah, so my teammates were like, man, I, I dare you post this or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I did it. And everybody liked it, so and I started liking it too because it's it's a form of entertainment, and you know I've been entertaining since forever. You know I, I was the only child; I didn't have any brothers and sisters, so I would always try to entertain people to, to make them say, "Hey, let's go back over Anthony's house," because I know he's going to do something silly. So, you know, then I had football, which is a form of entertainment. I had been playing football since I was 14, all the way up to, you know, I was what 31. And then I didn't have it anymore. So then I found another avenue that I could entertain. So now I'm back in my element. So um, I'm, I'm having a good time doing it, but I never thought that I would have 300,000 followers on Instagram and 480,000 likes on Facebook and 80,000 followers on Twitter and YouTube and all of this. So it's it's just been crazy, man. But I'm having a good time doing it. Of all the big men uh, in the world, Who's the better dancer, you or Heavy D, my friend? Oh, um, I don't think I'm better than Heavy D. Uh, I can't. Heavy D is, he's an icon, man. He's a legend. He's one of the first Rest dudes in peace. look at the video. He's he, he one of the first dudes. He, he kind of looked like Adam. He, he's one of the first on the video with this, like, yo, how is that big man moving like that? So you can be like, yo, big dudes is actually cool. Like, they're in. And it took me a while because I had a, a bunch of cousins who used to stay with me or whatever, and they used to be walking around the house with their shirt off, playing basketball and stuff like that. I used to always have my shirt on. And my mom used to be like, no, you got to take your shirt off. Take your shirt off, baby. So before long, like I was around there just with the man boobs, just out, just like whatever. So it didn't matter to me. So that's why if you go to Instagram right now, you will see a picture of Fat Panther on there with me on a Rolling Stone. And you know what's funny? When when I put that out, I got some text messages from some of my boys. They was like, hey, man, you got some explaining to do. I'm like, what? (laughs) Why I got to explain myself? Chadwick Boseman. Ain't explaining himself. He out there with his shirt off with his doggone robe on or whatever that is. He ain't got to explain himself. Why should I? Since you mentioned Fat Panther, let's go into the inspiration for that. What powers does the Fat Panther have that the Black Panther doesn't? (laughs) But, I mean, he has the ability to eat anything that he wants and maintain the same weight, which is fat. Or, or morbidly obese. <laughs> See, the, the, the thing with Fat Panther is he knows his limitations. Like, he's not about to be jumping on top of no cars 
and running really fast to try to catch criminals. He's going to somehow make the criminals come to him. You know, he's just, he's, uh-huh. he's cerebral. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's all about working smarter and not harder with when it comes to fat fans. Yeah, Spice, uh, I, I saw that the image that you made, which which I think was was really well received on 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 Twitter and other places. I saw Shaq uh, co-opt it to uh, to tweak uh, Charles Barkley. What would you think about yeah. that? And and does Shaq owe you some royalties, my friend? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was funny, man. I mean, within seconds of me posting that, Shaq got a hold of it. So. You know, I, I think it's it's just crazy how social media works sometimes and how fast people pick up stuff. But, uh, no, man, you know, that's what it's out there for, man. I, I put my stuff out there and people can remix it and people can repost it or whatever they want to do. But everybody knows that, you know, my uh, logo is on there, my name, Spice Adams, is on there, so... You know, no love lost. Plus, I'm going to see Shaq next month anyway. All right, Spice, two-parter then. Uh, one, I'm going to get in on the production side. You talk about how fast social media moves, but you moved really fast on the Fat Panther turnaround. How how quickly does it go for you from see that Rolling Stone cover, like the joke, think of your own riff on it, and execute it in your house? Like, that was... In, like social media might move fast, but the Fat Panther does too. Yeah, Fat Panther moves fast when he wants to. It's like a rhino. Like you, I don't know if you saw Fat uh, <laughs> Black Panther, but there was some rhinos in there. That's kind of how Fat Panther moves too. Like people are amazed the amount of speed he can get up, but he doesn't maintain that same speed, you know, for long periods of time. It's more like five seconds, four seconds here and there. But um, yeah, I mean that's how it is with social media, man. You have to be fast and. I've uh I've learned you know how to Photoshop and and, and tweak some things here and there, and so I kind of know um, what I want, and once I get it in my mind, and it's like I I gotta act on it. So when I got home after seeing that picture, I I told my wife, Hey, look, you gotta we <laughs> we gotta get on this. We gotta take a couple <laughs> pictures. And so she was like, Oh my god, like what what do you have in store now? So I, I go downstairs in the basement. I set up all the lights and all of that. And then I'm like, look, I got a favor I need you to do. I never really tell her exactly what I want to do because she's not going to be game. So I said, you know, just just follow me in the basement. I got I got something I need you to do. <laughs> when we get in the basement, she's like, oh, my God. Definitely. Like, is it? As we soak in the Fat Panther revolution, and I did see the movie, so I have to ask. So to become the Black Panther, T'Challa has to drink the heart-shaped plant. Now, is Fat Panther eating plants to become Fat Panther, or what? what is the Fat Panther diet? No, Fat Panther is allergic to vegetables. <laughs> in order for him to have those powers, there's a, a Kool-Aid mixture that he has to uh, get get together like a, a lot of people don't know about the mixture but I'm, I'm just go ahead and tell you guys anyway it, but it can only be found in fat condom <laughs> <laughs> you mix tropical punch and great kool-aid but it, it can only be found in fat condom so you mix those two together 
and you'll get the powers of Fat Panther. I want to learn about some of your other characters. Uh, my favorite is the old head. Where did that inspiration come from? And, and how old is an old head? An uh, old head is like late late 40s. Late 40s, early 50s. Uh, you know, you see some guys out rocking some Air Monarchs or the Mandals. And uh, they all, they'll have their, their pants hiked up. They'll wear church socks, you know, the high socks. Or they'll wear the socks with the three stripes on the top. Um, so these are typically uh, my uncles or my older cousins that I might see at the family reunion who... When there's no camera on them, they're just in their element. And this is exactly how they act. I mean, they play spades. They play bid with. They play dominoes. They can have a cigarette hanging out the side of their mouth and still hold a conversation as if it wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, these are the coolest guys you ever want to see in your life. And you can smell them coming before they actually get there because they put on about three pounds of cologne. And it's always like cool water or juke or like, what's that other one? Drackler. They just drench themselves in this in this cologne. And if they shake your hand, like you're going to smell like that for at least 17 more hours. So these are these, these are the guys that I try to emulate when I uh, make these different characters. Uh, can you tell us what an old head sounds like on a cell phone? It's, it's extremely weird. Because you make eye contact with your uncle, and he's looking at you. And so you don't want to be rude. You say, hey, how you doing, uncle, whatever, and you think that he's talking to you because he's looking you in your eye. But in actuality, <laughs> he's on his Bluetooth talking to Chuck. Like, Chuck is his homeboy. And, you know, I don't know what type of conversations that they have, but whatever the conversation is, Chuck is always able to make the old head laugh. And he hears exactly what he says, but he wants him to say it again. So he's going to say, what, what, <laughs> what, what you say now, Chuck? And that's where, that's where it all comes from. But those guys are typically my uncles or, or older cousins that I see at the family reunion. And they, they all have the Bluetooth. They either have the Bluetooth that comes like by their ear or they have the kind that wrap around. Now, this is how you can tell if they work at a plant or something like that, if they work at Ford or Chrysler or GM or stuff. <laughs> if they work there, then they have the, the, the Bluetooth that goes around their neck. I don't know why, but that's, that's what I've come up with. Uh, Spice, another part of the old head's repertoire seems to be an ever-evolving playlist. Uh, what are some? Of the, who are some of the key artists on the old heads? Well, and what does the old head play him on? Does he have like a first generation iPod? Is how is he getting his music, and what is it? No, he has a he has a Walkman, but not even like the bass boost or CD skip one. He has the the Walkman that has the FM AM on it, as well as the tape player. So, and he has the. Uh, the headphones that kind of have like the the wire and then like the the foam on the ends. Like he don't have beats by trade, <laughs> but he got beats by truth. He'll typically <laughs> listen to Isley Brothers, 
Earth, Wind, and Fire, Luther Vandross, Anita Baker, um, Regina Bell. You know, all all the old school artists, man. And uh, that's that's typically his soundtrack when he's grilling his food. You know, I, look, clearly a lot of people know you from your playing days, but as you've built and developed, uh, you know, into a true social media uh, celebrity, what has the response been when people see you? And how have you gone to... Uh, how have you gone from maybe being recognized for football to recognized for comedy? And I say this through the lens of I, I used to be a reporter, and I remember interviewing Wanda Sykes, the uh, the comedian, and and she seemed, she was like, you don't understand it until it happens to you when someone walks up to you and says, "Hey, I love your comedy. Here's my phone. Can you can you call my my best friend's voicemail and call them a fuckface or something like that?" And she was just like. <laughs> People want you to be funny for them, like in the moment, or they 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 just kind of treat you differently. So, what has it been like as you've as you've uh, changed your relationship with your fans over the years? Uh, it's been cool, and it's uh, it's confirmation for me that I'm doing pretty good because a lot of people don't even know that I played football. And I played for nine years. You know, that's a long time. So a lot of people just know me from Instagram, or Facebook, or Twitter. And so for me, that always brings a smile to my face because it's like, wow, these people don't even know that I spent 18 years of my life playing football. So that's <laughs> that's pretty cool. And I, I just ran into somebody at the mall today who just, just stopped in her tracks. And, like, you, you can tell when people are like, some people know exactly who I am. Oh, man, it's Spice Adams. But most people are like a point, like, you're the dude. The dude. The dude. The straight out truck guy. You know, so it's cool, man. You know, I always sign autographs, take pictures, and, you know, let everybody know they can post it on Instagram or wherever they want to post it on their social media. But it's great, man. I mean, I've been, you know, all over the world, and people have recognized me, so. Uh, it's it's great, man. Like I say, social media, man. It's a it's a whole nother. It's a it's a different animal, man. But I'm having fun doing it. As you built your following, uh, do you remember a specific follower that you thought, "Wow, I never thought this person would be following me." Someone that really established you, like, yeah, I must be doing something right. Yeah, all the time, man. Um, I've I've had conversations with. People um, that like like rappers or like R and B artists or you know it's 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 endless, man. Like I I was having a conversation with with Killer Mike the other day, and I'm like, man, this is this is the dude, man. This is the dude who rock out with Outkast, man. This is the dude that got the Adidas song. He got a song with Big Boy called Kill Jill. Man, I'm like, what? I'm having a conversation with Killer Mike right now, man. This is crazy. I'm having conversations with Buster Rhymes because I'm a huge Buster Rhymes fan, and you know, all of this is because of social media, man. Like, it's it's unbelievable, man. I remember I posted the video of uh, my mom and I in the car, and Prince came on, and my mom just went ballistic. And I'm just like, ew, you, you ever see your mom dance to like a like a sexy song and it just makes you want to throw the whole car away? Like, oh, <laughs> 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 ah! 
get out the car. Like, stop grinding. Ew. So anyway, I put it on Twitter, and somebody from Prince's account, like, retweeted it. I was like, whoa. Whoa, wow. Jack. Prince saw my video, dog. Or somebody from his camp. Somebody saw it. Or this, or one time I was listening to a Tribe Called Quest, and usually I just put my phone down and I just kind of react to whatever. I'm listening to the new album, and the album just like, just the 808 kick drums and the hi-hats and all that. Like, I'm dancing in the car, and it just get real good for me, and I just jump out the sunroof. <laughs> and so, man, it was crazy. Like Q-Tip, uh, Jerobe, Buster Rounds, like everybody saw that video, man. And everybody reposted, like Nas reposted it. Like it was crazy the amount of people that posted that video. Like it was, it was unbelievable, man. And it gave me a chance to to talk to uh, you know, Q Tip and, and, and Consequence and Buster Rhymes and Jerobe White. Like it was it was unbelievable, man. But like I say, man, social media is it's it's so much fun, man, and it's the opportunities are endless. It's cool to hear you get like, for lack of a better term, starstruck by some of that stuff. You know, like Q Tip and Busta and Jerobe and stuff like that. That that stuff for a guy who played in the NFL, the meeting those guys or talking to them would be that big a thrill. I think we all take that for granted. Oh, look. So check this out. My favorite producer of all time is Jay Dilla. Yeah, you've been posting. He just had his birthday. You've been posting a lot about that. I saw it. But yeah, like that's my guy. Like yeah. from Detroit, my hometown. So yep. like he could do no wrong. It's like nobody can convince me that there's a better producer out now or that was, you know, around the same time when Jay Dilla was making beats. He's the best ever. So mm-hmm. the next person that's kind of like that reminds me of Jay Dilla is Ninth Wonder. And Ninth mm-hmm. has done beats for Jay-Z, for Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, like some of everybody. He has Grammys, all of that. I was able to go to his studio and... Listen, I swear to you, I probably lost 13 pounds. Like, I'm in the studio <laughs> just in a full-blown sweat, just dancing and spinning on my back, spinning on my head, like all types of stuff, man, just all day. Like, I didn't leave the studio to probably 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I was probably there for about 14, 15 hours just vibing. Like, I was like a kid in a candy store, man. Just like, I needed a neck break. It was no beat that I heard that I was just like, eh, eh. Like, every beat was a banger. I was, I was going crazy, man. I was absolutely out of my mind. No, Spice, I was just, just going to say, like, when you think about just the way that you make content, um, what are your ambitions for how you want to grow your brand? Because, you know, clearly we know that you've got a good thing going, but social media is always changing. 
and not just the platforms that we're, we're using it on, but the, the people and the ways that we're using it. So, you know, you're, you seem to be pretty savvy about, about you know, just uh, and confident about your own sort of style. So I'm just curious how much you've thought about the future and where do you want to evolve to? It's just like football, you know, football doesn't stay the same. And so you just make the adjustment. It's just like, you know, if you study a team and they come out in, 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 a, five, in a five wide receiver set and they don't have any tight end, and then all of a sudden they bring a tight end in the game, you just make the adjustment. And I think that's, that's the same thing I'm going to follow when it comes to social media. I mean, I think everything that I've been through is, is, is kind of relatable to the situation that I'm in now. And I mean, just like when I was on Vine more than I was on anything else, and right. Instagram came and switched to the 15 seconds. So you made that adjustment, and then it went from 15 seconds to a minute. And then, you know, you can make longer videos on YouTube. I mean, it's, it's endless. So I, I think you just got to try to find uh, your niche or whatever that may be and kind of just keep grinding. And uh, and I, I love to grind. Like, I'm I'm a nose guard. Like, we don't get a lot of uh, – <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't get, like, the sexy sacks that, you know, the, the, the uh, defensive tackle and the defensive ends get. Like, we are the guys that take on the double team. We bring our lunch pail. We do the dirty work. Like, we're the unsung heroes. And so that's kind of how I feel about myself. Like, I'm just a true nose guard out here, man. But I'm going to make it do what it do, baby. <laughs> it's, Spice, who who of the guys that maybe you played with or that you know in the NFL, who would you say are the funniest? Because I I, I think of you as probably, you know, in, in, in the top two or three funniest people in sports in terms of just your overall persona. But who makes you laugh that played? Tommy Harris, by far, is one of the funniest individuals yep. in the world. But he's he he's he's shy. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like, he's like he's like closet shy. You know, if you get him in his element, then it's like, it's, it's really no stopping him. But um, he he comes off as a shy guy, but he's one of the funniest dudes I've ever met in my life, man. So by far, I mean, it's it's not even close. And a lot of people <laughs> don't about- know, but but Julius Peppers is is pretty funny too. Oh. And he, but he's like, he likes to be mysterious. You know what I'm saying? So he, he won't give anybody like the time of day to like kind of like open up his shell or anything like that. But he's hilarious. Who, uh, who would you say was someone who? And I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Was there anybody that you you played with that? in a friendly way that you would say just didn't have much of a sense of humor? Because we all know that guy who's just, like, stone-faced in any situation. I don't know. Not with the Bears, man. Like, we we were all big kids. And so when I was coming over from San Francisco, we were losing. So, I mean, we were all, like, pretty serious or whatever. But, you know, I would break out and, and do some stuff every now and again when I felt the time was appropriate. But when I came over to Chicago, it's like, Everybody is a big kid. Like Brian Erlacher, Tommy Harris, Peanut Tillman, Lance Briggs, Alex Brown, Adewale Agunleye. Like everybody was a class clown. So um, we really didn't have 
anybody on the team that was like kind of like stone faced because like we didn't we didn't allow that. Like we just had so much fun all the time. But I mean, we took care of this. Right. So that's that's a tough question because we really didn't have anybody on the team that was just like you know that that didn't play around. Jay Cutler was funny. I don't believe it. <laughs> well, you know, with with, with Jay. You kind of just let him do his own thing, man. Because quarterbacks, uh-huh. they like uh, <laughs> quarterbacks in quarter, quarterbacks in general. You know what I'm saying? Like you just let them do their thing, man. And you know, but I mean, he he was cool with me when I was there. Like I I ain't had no problems with him. I ain't had no issues. Nobody else did either. Like we kind of we policed ourselves. Like you know, it, it was never a time where the coach had to come in and say, "Hey, don't do this, don't do that." Like we policed ourselves on defense. It was Erlacher, Lance, Peanut, and, and 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 like that. And on offense, it was Olin Crutes and um, you know Roberto Garza and, and Ruben Brown, John Tate, like those guys. Like they they police everything on the offensive side. So I mean, we we were good. All right, Spice, you've gotten to meet some cool people. You've gotten to hang out in Ninth Wonder Studio. You've got three hundred thousand followers. You're adored by by millions. Who, if you could collaborate with anyone, would you choose? Musician, actor, comedian, inspirational speaker. Who do you want to work with? I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I could just pinpoint one person, but man, I would love to work with, you know, like like I said, entertainer or something like that, or like a Mike Epps or Kevin Hart or Eddie Murphy, like everybody that I grew up watching. Oprah. Mm-hmm. Come on, open to do something, man. Why not? <laughs> Chicago. There's a lot of Chicago love there. What's the new movie she got called? Wrinkle in Time? I could be on Wrinkle there. Wrinkle in Time. Need, like fat dude with superpowers. Let's make it happen. You know what was cool, though? Doing the uh, second season of Ballers, man. That was fun, man. You go over all your lines, and I got them. Like, front to that, man. Uh, if you put me in the middle of my lines, I could redo the rest of them. I knew them backwards and forwards. So then <laughs> come the time where the rock come in and it's like, dang, okay, now we got to go back and forth. Like, I know his line and what he's going to say, but it's, it's kind of different the way, you know, you fluctuate your voice or whatever, or, you know, you, you got to make the words come to life. And so now I get a chance to meet him I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Spice Adams. He's like, yeah, what's up, man? Dwayne. And so he goes in for the uh, the handshake, and I go in for the fist bump. This awkward situation going, man, for a good five seconds, which really feels like five minutes. And I'm like, man, I done just blew it, man. Like, my cool points out the window. And he's going to think I'm an idiot out here, man. So that was like my first time meeting him, man. I was like, dang, man, I didn't just mess that up, man. Royal. Yes. We do have to talk about your big shortcoming. Your NBA alter ego, Cream E. Biggums, got snubbed for the NBA All-Star Game and the Uncle Drew movie. What happened? I don't know, man. I think ultimately people are afraid of greatness. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what other way to put it, man. You know, I mean, if you put me, if you put Cream Biggles in the All Star game, he's gonna steal the show. And we are back. In the sports world, athletes, coaches, media, they all get into things that they actually like, and we tell them to get back to watching game film. Well, we believe on this show that you are not a locker room distraction for being interesting. So every week on this show, we tell you what is distracting us from work. Uh, Guys, I'll, I'll go first this week. My TV went out over the weekend. It was tough. I lost all cable services. Uh, well, I have a dish. I lost all... And I'm not one of those social media influencers who, like, throws my provider under the bus. Like, it happens. Um, I I lost my TV. lost all my recorded shows. And it was a great... It was a great opportunity to, like, really reconnect with my family one-on-one, you know, to sit down minus any like multimedia distractions and, and focus on them. And I, 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 I use that moment to dig out my DVDs and the DVDs. Yeah. yeah you can laugh at that. Ha ha. I, don't make me edit it back in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watched two DVDs. Yeah. Uh, this I did. I did laugh. And what happened to Netflix was down too. I don't. I don't have Netflix, Adam. My wife thinks it's too expensive. <laughs> okay, it's like right, eight dollars a month. Uh, I'm an executive vice uh-huh. president, one of the world's largest companies, but it's eight dollars a month. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh God. so I bust out the DVDs, and I'm flipping through them, and I'm seeing a lot of a lot of old school, uh, old school buys. I'm seeing Chasing Amy, Gareth. I'm seeing. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm seeing four seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia before I quit buying that, but I love the early seasons. Yep. I'm seeing The Office, the British version. I'm seeing Bull Durham. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing yeah. a, eleven or twelve episodes or seasons of The Simpsons. And then I see I see the movie Strange Brew. Do you guys know Strange Brew? Yeah. Yes, but refresh my memory. Okay, it's Rick Moranis and I think Dave Thomas, not the Wendy's Dave Thomas. They were like doing characters up in Canada that were essentially like Canadian, like, hey, take off, hoser, hey, like, I I like beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Charlie or Violet, later in life, if you're listening to this, like trying to get to know your dad, uh, just, just hit stop right now. Just go to the next episode. Because guys, I once I once had sex to the movie Strange Brew uh, with a lovely <clears throat> a lovely woman that I was dating, uh, and uh, she put it on, and she's like, "Let's watch this movie," and it was a great si- signal that she was not serious about watching a movie uh, because it was uh, the movie Strange Brew, <laughs> and so you know one thing led to another. Hmm. So I'm just wondering, what's the weirdest thing you've actually had sex to? Because I don't. I don't think there's anything oh, weirder, weirder than that movie for me. So, Adam, I'm going to start with you and put you on the spot. Seeing as I watched the many times in college, Above the Rim is probably the weirdest thing I've had sex to. Wow, which we've done on this show. How did that not come up? I never, it never really struck me as, I never really correlated the two. 
because I was drunk in college a lot. So Adam, Adam, if you if yeah. you had sex during the taping of that show, you're my new hero. <laughs> during the, the what? During the taping oh, no, of our episode on Above the Rim, if that's what happened. No, this uh, show has never made anyone think of sex. <laughs> <laughs> I always the problem with the problem with having sex to above the rim is I always I always finish when that guy <laughs> dunks off the building in the first five seconds. Oh jeez! Oh boy! Uh, hey Gareth, what's distracting like you this funny. week? <laughs> All right, Gareth. <laughs> Gareth, what's the weirdest thing you've had sex to? <laughs> Kids, the reason you've never seen any of the Toy Story movies with your dad is because your dad had sex to the first Toy Story movie and never went back and watched any of them since because it was such a good memory. There you go. What? <laughs> you had sex during Toy Story? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying? Were you at the Neverland Ranch? <laughs> What's up? Well, I've never gone back. I can't, like, I can't see the first one now. Gareth, you didn't hear that. Adam, retake that. Gareth, were you at the Neverland Ranch? <laughs> uh, hey, Gareth. Gareth, now I know why it was Woody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was buzzed. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I've never watched any of this, the follow-ups or sequels because you know I'm kind of done with that series now. So, man. All right. Brutal. All right. Well, that is <laughs> that's my distraction. All right, Adam. What's on your mind this week? I don't know. I don't know if I can really like after that. Can we just end on that? Yeah, know. we can end on that. I have nowhere to go from there. Let's just yeah. end. Let's end on that. All right, that is our show for this week. We are thanking our guest. Love that interview. Also thanking the makers of the movie Strange Brew. One of the eight times I've had sex in my life. Uh, thank you guys. And Pixar. Gareth, who we got any shout outs? Uh, besides the fine folks at Pixar, uh, no, none. That's it. Adam. Uh, thanks to Tupac and not for your music, for the performance in Above the Rim. And usual shout outs to my boy Uzi, Def Jeff, Lil Swanee, Meech, Ron Mack, and of course, my other cousin Ron. And in the immortal words of Shaquille O'Neal, booty rappers, stay booty. Stay booty. Stay booty.